Thank you for tuning in to Cop with Comic. I'm Brian Cop, and we're here with comic Rich Duncan. Rich Duncan, how the hell are you? Uh, you know, for uh, a guy who's sitting in a basement in Astoria <laughs> on a Sunday afternoon, I gotta say, within that subset, I'm doing fantastic. I'm about as good as I could be. Yeah, right. But, yeah, I mean, but think of more the people who are in small rooms in Astoria right now today. <laughs> you got your torture victims, you know, your destitute, you know, the people uh, struck with coronavirus. Sure, uh, sure. And so um, where can people find you? Do you stand-up comedy or, I suppose, comic writing in New York City? And where can they find you online? Are you Rich Duncan across all social platforms? Uh, yeah, well, it's Richie okay. D on Twitter with a Richie T. Richie D? Ow! Yeah, yeah, I think I follow you. You're a good follow on Twitter. You are slinging the Twitter jokes. Yes, okay. yes. Always slinging the Twitter jokes. That's the uh, the methadone to the heroin <laughs> of stand-up, you know, when you uh, when you can't get out there. Because uh, yeah. you were you were just um, you were at True TV. Are you able to talk about that? Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, you were at yeah. True TV for a long time, and then right. then they kind of figured out that maybe being a comic destination wasn't lucrative enough for them. <laughs> well, I, you know, I mean, I think I think it had less to do with what they really wanted to do, and more with uh, the phone company bought them. AT and T bought oh, okay. uh, bought all of Turner Broadcasting, uh, and then became the the company with the most debt in the world. <laughs> and then when they were like, well, if we had to cut salary somewhere. You know, <laughs> What's this channel that has the Carbonaro effect? Ah. Let's, uh, so, uh, you know, but I mean, True, True TV was a, was a great gig. They had wonderful people there, and we really built this awesome comedy brand over, ah. you know, five years. I mean, a- out of nowhere. And you look at what has happened to TV, you know, um, ratings for everybody were, were sliding, were going down. The idea of even a brand of, uh, like, a television brand was sort of ridiculous. You know, like, the idea is if, if you stream everything and you get everything from different areas... Does a, te- does a television brand mean anything? Yeah. And it was really an exciting time to kind of come in and work with the Impractical Jokers. We started with them from the very beginning. Oh, wow. And and, and that was sort of the, the canary in the coal mine. It was like, hey, comedy could work. And we brought in, like, Guy Branham had an awesome show in, on there. Um, John Glazer Loves Gear. The first season of that, if you can look it up, is was terrifically funny. Okay. The guys from the Grolics did a great show about schools called Those Who Can't. Um, there was just really interesting comedy going on there for, I'd say, five years. And so then, if it uh, hadn't been bought out or, well, la- or laden with debt, it could have been just fine. You would have had more runway with which to play with. I think, I think the overall atmosphere of television was there was just way too much television out there. I, <laughs> I, I, I mean, I, I genuinely believe that half of the you know, really good comedy shows that were on True TV, if they had you know, been on a channel that had a little bit more traction. You know, I mean, True TV used to be Court TV. And then oh. Court TV, in fact, if you look at the logo, look at the words in TRU, it's actually the Court TV logo, like, <gasps> mixed up. It's the exact same font. Like, that's what... You guys are just so funny. You're like, let's recycle <laughs> this motherfucker. Well, it's, the funny thing is, is, like, that you, you, you can totally see, like, the copywriting meeting where they're like, how are they going to handle the transition? <laughs> what will they do? No, we'll keep the font the yeah. same. And then it'll be easy. <sighs> so, you know, I'm sure that... Uh, <laughs> But I mean, you know, that's 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 big corporate TV America, and you know, everybody cycles around, and you know, everybody who was working over there had worked for Viacom at one point, or worked yeah. for Showtime or whatever it was, you know. And so now you're just um, slinging the jokes on Twitter, but you're also freelancing. You're also doing yeah. writing, and then people are asking, still asking you routinely to do stand up, and you'll do it when when asked. Yes, when okay. asked. I love doing it here at QED. I find oh, that cool. to be just a. Uh, th- this is just you know, Cambry and Christian and I go way back, and this is. Uh, 
I like to think that I was sort of in, in Christian's school, you know, oh, like cool. his class. His graduating class. His, sure. his, his class, you sure. know, we, we were all hitting the same open mics at the same time, the surf reality, the, you know, the alternative comedy scene back when that was rebar, not when that was, you know. Yeah, what is it now? Uh, oh, who knows? Jesus. I'm telling you, I, l- I looked at the, uh, I looked at your podcast. I was like, oh, let me see these podcasts. And I looked at all of the acts and I knew like Sue Funk and like yeah. one other person. Oh, and it was good. like, I was like, I, I have no idea. Because people just keep doing comedy. I, yeah. I, you know, you, you think when you're a comedian, you're like, well, if I stop doing it, it, <laughs> it goes away, right? It stops. It does not. I, I just There's always I, another busload. I figure out how juiced <clears throat> in a comic is by how long they'll talk to Christian and Cambria upstairs. Like, like, like today there was a party up there, so of course I had no, you know, we, we just kind of skipped past the whole thing. But, you know, I think one time I got here early and Brian McGinnis was already here. Mm-hmm. He was already chatting up Christian. He was like, oh, yeah, I'm opening for him next week. And I'm like, okay, well, you're juiced in, you know. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, that's so funny. If I stop, everybody will stop, right? Like the graduating <laughs> class really holds true, right? Um, yeah, th- well, nobody I, I, else can graduate after me, can they? <laughs> yeah, I know. There is this sort of, uh, and there, there is that realization at some point where you're like, oh, wait, just because that person got something... <laughs> It doesn't mean that if I don't do anything, it will also come to me, <laughs> you know? <laughs> and so what we're, t- and I think that this kind of brings us to one of our topics, which you suggested, and I love the fact that, you know, we're both a little bit older, but you're getting to the point in time where y- you start saying to yourself, this might be the last time I do this particular thing. Uh, oh, you mean like anything? Yeah, anything. Right. Yeah, no, no, like not, not, not comedy. I don't know. Because right. yeah. I mean, that's also true. Oh, no. That's oh, also you- <laughs> true. I feel like, you know. There will never be a complete withdrawal from stand-up. I mean, right. I, you know, like I, I just—it it, was—it was too much a part of my identity for too long. Okay. Um, but no, but the, you're right. The thing that you know, when you are 46, like you can think to yourself, like, all right, what am I gonna vomit? Like 11 more times? You know what I mean? Like how many? You know, <laughs> that's <laughs> like, one out of 11. Only 10 more to go. That's right. right. Yeah. You know, and and also it's, it, it leads to these things, and you like if someone actually gave you a number. You know, then, then then you start thinking, you know, like if somehow there was an omniscient being yes. that's like, yeah, you're having pot roast 18 more times, then you're dead. That's I, it. I love the fact that the, the omniscient being will deign to be like, I'm going to quantify things for you. You'll have 10 more pot roasts, you'll have three more vomits, and two of them will be related. Yeah. yeah yes. <laughs> and then one other thing is you're, you're raising a 10-year-old, ten, a and yeah. so what's yeah. parent, parenting like, and how do you juggle that with, you know, the demands of, you know, true TV back in the past, or, or freelancing now, or doing stand-up gigs? Um... And, and what's it like? Like his his or her outlook is probably, you know, diametrically opposed to your own because everything that child oh, is my doing daughter, is ten-year-old. Okay. Yeah, the daughter, everything that she's doing is probably the first time out of a thousand. She's going to have a thousand more pot roasts, and you'll, you'll have <laughs> ten more. And hopefully, you'll share a couple of those. I don't know. Together. She's 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 dragged her feet on pot roasts. I think we both, but we, but we both might be at an even ten. If she you know? has her way. It'll only yeah. be ten, right? Right. And then the the flip side of that too, I also like is like the cumulative aspect of it. Like if I could go. <laughs> Like, after I'm dead, if I could go into a giant room and be like, you know, here's all the strawberries you ate. Oh, I'm like, oh, my God. That's and then genius. there's, like, five plums. You know what I mean? Like, really? Only five? My whole life? Just five. I love that. Do you think the afterlife is like that at all? Um, I hope is, so. Is there an afterlife? And if so, do we get any, like, if we, like, I was always thinking, okay, if, if there is an afterlife and I'm, I go into the good place and I'm given any control over what happens in the good place, the good place would be like this. But, of course, it would be based on things that I enjoy during life. And you would the, think. The, oh, yeah, the afterlife could be so much better. It's like, no, you can have 24-7 orgasms if you'd like. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, but I, I really want to do this this thing that I enjoy during life. It's like, do you understand that what you can do in the afterlife? is It could be so much better. What's the afterlife? If there, is there an afterlife? And uh, are we going to have any control about eating all the strawberries or plums, <laughs> uh, or plums in the room? There's no, uh, no, there's no afterlife. 
Okay. <laughs> no, right. no, no. But I think actually, I think. The, but my fantasy of there being an epilogue yeah, would go. would be that you that all of recorded history can be viewed from any angle once you're dead. That's cool. So like, and the, you'd go up there and like people, you know, if you would like to refer to it as heaven, you know, they'd be like, well, I mean, you know, you can go look at your relatives if you want to. You know what I mean? <laughs> but but of I course, also, you might look at something else. Right. You want to find out what happened to JFK? Come yeah. on, let's go. You know, you want to see the coolest Tyrannosaurus Rex Triceratops <laughs> fight? In the entire Cretaceous period, I'm probably getting the period wrong. You know what I mean? But like, <laughs> I got it. We have it. We have it. We know where it is. You so know? yeah, let's fire it up. And like, I, w- I would almost think that you could do a nice piece of freelance writing based on that. Have you? Uh, no. Okay. You know what? You know, you? Actually, you know what? Where I, would you pitch? That? I probably should pitch something like that. But here's my thing about. I do have a couple of uh, uh, story ideas, and okay. I'm, I'm, ri- I'm writing a, a, a kid's book right now, um, which I'm not going to tell you about because th- this is exactly it. When you said, "Oh, would you ever do a piece of writing about this?" Yeah. I'm such a comic at heart uh, that once I tell somebody fuck. the funny idea, right, and they that gets a laugh. <laughs> Literally, I'm like, oh well, that's good enough. <laughs> <laughs> I got one. Lap. I can stop. Yeah, I can stop now. That was that was fun. I uh, created an idea, put it out into the world, got it's, the feedback loop, and I'm done. Sweet. In, instead of writing, why a, sit around yeah, and write that a thing? A children's book to considerable acclaim and money and yeah. fame and success. If mm-hmm. you got the one laugh in the room, you're fine. Uh, it's it's just laugh to laugh for me, wow. man. It's just it's just you know get them get them where you can. Okay, but the children's book, I guess we won't talk about what the premise is, but what kind of um, you know, in raising your daughter, led you to believe that hey. You know, this comic thing lends itself well well to a perfect children's book or to an optimal one. Like the the mm. books you were reading to your daughter just suck so much ass that you're like, I can do it better in what way? Uh, you know, honestly, it wasn't that they that they suck ass. It was, I mean, although there are some, she has some that are series, you know, and you yeah. can, and like they're, they're, you know, without impugning children's <laughs> book authors, you know. But like you do, you do find like books one and two, you're like, oh yeah, there's something here. And then yeah. like, there's 15 of them, you know. <laughs> <laughs> and it's a little, you know, um, so, I mean, there is there is that lucrative aspect just as yeah. a writer where you think, you know, if I had something that, that, you know, caught a little fire, there's absolutely no reason you couldn't, you know, continue to churn out something right, like right this. Right, right, too, and they will um, photocopy 13 more. Um, the, uh, <laughs> the, you know, the, the children's books that kind of really got me sitting down and thinking that this could be an interesting thing to approach as a comedian was uh, not because things were bad, though. It was it's those old Roald Dahl books. Ah. They're just wild. They're like they're they're really really funny. They they get to the point so fast, and like, I mean, and it's and it's they're the the premises are nuts. <laughs> the the adults are absolutely horrible, you yeah. know. And and they'll like, I mean, I think it's uh, I think it's James and the Giant Peach where like the parents are killed by an uh, like a rhinoceros <gasps> on like in the second paragraph. And the kid's totally fine with that. Yeah, well, and then it's he's shipped off to the horrible ant, and you see, you know, with the trees that don't grow, and the, you know what I mean. It's yeah. just like this. And then, and then at the, you know, at the end of chapter one, I think I'm pretty sure James has had his parents killed, who he liked, has a miserable life, hates his step ants, and is literally weeping. He's just over weeping. And so what's what I find, yeah, I love that you're bringing this up as as an example of why you want to write children's. <laughs> well, he's I mean, weeping by the end. He kills his parents, which is what I love and need in a. <laughs> children's book. I mean, I think that that's what a lot of people think, though, is if you're going to be doing a children's book, it needs to be safe, it needs to be antiseptic, and I think if you find some of the best ones, you know, they do find ways of sort of showing a kid, you know, teaching a kid that that, that the world is a scary place, but in a fun way. Yeah, here's how how bad it can be. They will be killed, but it'll be killed by something cool. You like dinosaurs, don't you? I mean, you know, it's, your parents are killed by a rampaging rampaging rhinoceros. Yeah. Like, you're going to smile because that's so silly, (laughs) but you're also kind of 
reinforcing that death is a thing and that is that is yeah. out there and that is you know so um well that's cool because at least a, the yeah. kid reading it will get the you know be like okay well first of all eh, his, his his parents died that was weird that was by a dinosaur that's kind of cool <laughs> but what's this death thing you know you can kind of it might be a, an opportunity for you know a teaching moment for rich duncan and you know also for uh someone who's creating any kind of protagonist once you're if you have a kid in a book Eliminating the parents, it, like it's really rare when you look at like in almost almost every Disney movie, the parents are dead immediately. Because I mean, um, do we think that's where imagination starts? It's like the kid in the room, and they're actually doing a lot of pretend, and so they're like, okay, well, if I could, you know, I'm here in my room, I'm in my own little universe where there's no parents. What do I want to imagine? Well, that's it, you oh, know, okay. because in almost every children's book, if the parents were there, it's like a cell phone in a horror movie. You know what I mean? Like, it's, <laughs> you know, if you have that option, you're going to take advantage of it. Yeah. You know. So it's uh, yeah, you, you you gotta eliminate the parents from the children so that you raise the stakes and and allow them to make choices, really. You know? So I mean it sounds like you have this thing fully formed in your brain and how long does it take you to bang out a children's book and is it gonna be illustrated in a quality way like James and Giant Peach? Uh that's I mean, probably a little bit harder. I, I, I would you know, um I, I definitely have the world and the story and the protagonist and, and this out there, you know, in terms of illustration, I do go back and forth because I have so much sort of raw story. I wonder, you know, could this be a graphic novel? You know, I haven't bumped into the perfect artist that I've seen that, you know, I think if I did, you know, it, it, it could very easily lend itself to being a graphic novel to, you know, I guess I guess I was sort of thinking children's book just because that's what's littered all over my couch right now. You know, like right. that's, you know, uh, how long would it take me to do one? I think um, uh, maybe 15 minutes. Yeah, you know. Yeah. You're like I'm Rich Duncan, man. I'm bigger than this fucking sport. I, I, True I, TV. Have you heard of it? I, I just got a I just got a little bit of a laugh from you on that. So now I don't <laughs> have to do it at all. Fuck. <laughs> and then do we yeah. think that it was so? You know, James and the Giant Peach was kind of so out there, and maybe uh, that you know you almost have to do your book to to remain that inventive and anti-parent, I guess. Um, <laughs> you'd have to go around the system. Like, do you think that along the way, if you go to a big publishing house, they're going to sanitize the fuck out of it? Um. I feel like in this day and age, and the, well, the only way I've ever been able to write is to write what I, okay. you know, you know. I mean, this this is not, this isn't a situation. Um, like I wrote a book about uh, the how-to book about werewolves with Bob Powers. Yeah, uh, that, that, That's this not, that about, looks about ten years ago. Yeah, okay. it's called the Werewolf's Guide to Life, and it basically was, you know, if you get bit by a werewolf, this is what you do. This is how you tie yourself up. This is how much <laughs> meat you need. You know, I mean, and it was, and we we basically, and at the time, my wife was pregnant when I was writing this. Okay, so I had what to expect when you're expecting. <sighs> Right there, which is all about how your body changes when this horrible thing happens. And so, really, I was just cribbing in that book from it was basically what to expect when you expect to become a werewolf. That was sort of, um, but it, my point is with the children's book thing is that book came to me. Like, Bob was given the offer to do the book. I okay. had written a blog about werewolves that was <laughs> funny. Um, and so he had said, you know, he got this opportunity to write this book. I need a werewolf consult. And he said, I'll write it if I can work with this guy. Um, and it's ended up being, you know, a, a really lucrative thing that's, you know, I mean, the the the, the book itself got optioned. It obviously, did, nothing have ever happened to it. But, but it's I, still on Amazon getting great reviews. Uh, you, you know. They yeah, can buy yeah, it right now. Yeah. And mm-hmm. meanwhile, like, you, you're, you're like, what should I do next? Let me look at whatever's on my couch. It could be a children's book. It could be what, what to expect when you're expecting. And yeah. you're just going to write a funny version of that. Maybe that's it. It's really just, I'm just, I just have intense ADD. And it's like, what's my next project? Uh... <laughs> Brian's water bottle. <laughs> it's a 
going to be a screenplay. But now that Brian laughed at it, it's ruined. <laughs> no, I, I know, got my laugh. Perfect. Done. Okay, so they're going to see across <laughs> all show, social platforms to see where they can buy the book because I think I found a link to Amazon there. Yeah. The werewolf book. Yeah. And then, um, the, and are you Richie D on Twitter? Richie D on Twitter, yeah. Richie D on Twitter. Mm-hmm. And then Rich Duncan. You also have a website too, right? Uh, I have a website that has like portfolio of copywriting and, you know, the time I got to flip off someone from the True TV Twitter handle and you that's know what, that's what people want to see they do yeah. that's the Rich Duncan they know and love yes Rich Duncan thank you so much you got it man